Welcome back to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. My name is Ali Salama, and as the Middle East's mental health ambassador, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome you to a new episode with a very special guest by the name of Susan Steinbrecher. Susan is a business consultant, licensed mediator and speaker, and is the CEO of Steinbrecher and Associates Inc., a management consulting firm that provides professional development services in areas of executive coaching, group facilitation, and leadership training. She is an Inc.com columnist and has been featured and has been a featured expert of MSNBC's Your Business, The New York Times, and Entrepreneur.com. Susan is also the co-author of the new book, Meaningful Alignment, Mastering Emotionally Intelligent Interaction at Work and in Life, and also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Kensho, A Modern Awakening. Without further ado, this is an episode where we expect to learn how to really harness and cultivate the power of handling hard conversations and harnessing the power of our emotional intelligence. Now, let's hop deep into the episode with Susan Steinbrecher. Are you ready? This episode is brought to you by Empowering Media. Empowering Media is a Canadian boutique social media agency delivering results to purpose-driven changemakers and social enterprises in our global community. Hashtag create to empower to join the movement. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining the show. Uh, Empathy always wins. It's always, always great having uh, great thought leaders uh, that, that, that definitely add so much to our spectrum, uh, speaking as a, as a youth leader and a mental health ambassador. So before we just dive deep into it, I'd love, you to, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, who is uh, Susan and uh, how, has she, uh, how has she emerged to become the thought leader that she is today? Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's absolutely my pleasure to be with you. And I applaud all that you're doing to get empathy out there and get the word, the spirit, the, the whole uh, mission of empathy rules and empathy wins, um, because I could not agree with you more. So uh, my background is I grew up in the hospitality industry as a very, very young leader and after doing that for many years, I branched out on my own and believe that or not, that was 28 years ago this year, which is hard for me to believe. I formed Steinbrecher and Associates Inc. then and we've just really grown. But the one thing that's really been in common with all the work that we've done, whether it's our custom design leadership development series that we offer clients or executive coaching or speaking yeah. or facilitating leaders um, meetings or offsite retreats, that kind of thing, or the books I've written, where it's really all about how do you really take great care of your employer or associate um, who will then in turn take great care of your customers, which will then in turn take care of the business. And I think it has to go that way because I think there's really not a shortcut there. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we forget that you can gain compliance from somebody, but the whole goal is to gain commitment. So if you have employees that are committed to you as a leader, then they'll do anything and everything to work their very hardest because they don't want to let you down. Mm. Versus if you create a, 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 a culture of compliance, then as soon as you turn your back, they're going back to whatever it is they really want to do and they're not really engaged or motivated. Yeah. 
to do their very best work. So that's sort of at the essence of things. So I just kind of grew into this over time and learned from my own experience as a young leader, what worked and what didn't work. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I just wanted to be sure that was shared with other people. And how I know that you've uh, so you've definitely had a major transition from the hospitality industry to to now the coaching and and, and empowering uh, other leaders to become their best self. Like how how have you developed that passion and 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 how have you taken and, and mastered those skill sets to help leaders gain alignment within themselves and others? Yeah, great question. So for me, it was learning the hard way. Mm. of um, how not to treat employees. <laughs> so, so sometimes my high results orientation and, and goal orientation got in the way of really understanding how to motivate others and what makes people tick, so to speak, and what creates engagement and, again, commitment. And from making lots of mistakes, uh, as, a, as a young, very young, I was a general manager of a hotel at the age of 25. I was very young and wow. really didn't get it. You know, I didn't get it and didn't understand it. And then over time, I learned and I read and I was introduced by some excellent mentors and some training programs and things where I really began to understand how this really works. So I had a passion to share that, to help develop other leaders, to get them to understand that it's really about the people. And the more that you create that turned on, tuned in, highly engaged employee base, the more successful everyone's going to be in the end. And it's also about leaving a legacy. So it's not just getting the work done. I mean, we're going to spend about 52,800 hours statistically. Um, So what are we doing this for? So what's the legacy we want to leave as leaders? And what's our imprint imprint and impact we want to have on the world? And Mm -hmm. so I help people discover that and help them get there. That's... um... It's, it's very interesting. I think that it's very interesting to hear sort of a leader from sort of the generation that has, uh, that, that's a notch up ours say that, especially coming from someone like yourself. I think that, you know, just like yourself, I, I do see myself and many of my peers very, to be very, very, very goal oriented and driven, but there seems to be some sort of a, like a challenge striking, striking emotional intelligence and, 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 you know, empathetic leadership with uh, right. with that goal and mission driven type of leadership what what could you tell our our, our listeners what's something that has worked perhaps in your life that mm-hmm. has allowed you to to master that change and even develop a, a much more sustainable and impactful long long term sort of uh, long term strategy when when incorporating that within yourself if you mind yeah, so I learned, especially um, as a young leader, when I said, you know, making all the mistakes and not really recognizing that if you treat your associates really, really, really well, they, they want to do their very best work for you. Mm. And, you know, for making mistakes and, and realizing I wasn't treating employees as well as I could have and realizing that they really were not engaged at all. And so, therefore, I had to step back and say, okay, this isn't working. So, what do I need to be doing here? And when I really realized that uh, people have two primary needs, and one I call the practical, you know, business goal-oriented needs. So I have a problem that needs to be solved, or I have a question that needs to be answered, or Mm. there's a practical reason that I'm going to be engaged in a conversation with somebody. That's one primary need. 
And so, yes, that's where the results orientation comes in and the goal orientation and the drive and all of that. And that's critically important. But what I really learned is the introduction in or the gateway in is the people side of the equation, which is treating people with respect. Um, People want to be valued, cared for, listened to, um, empowered. And when you recognize that people have this whole other side of the equation, which is this people ego need, and you fulfill that, then it is your gateway in or your doorway into getting that practical need met. So to your point, how do we still get, how do we still have our, our drive and our results orientation and our goal orientation, which we still need to have, but the best way to get the goal accomplished or get something achieved is going to be through the people relationship side. Mm. Um, for example, when I do speaking, I'm always talking to folks and say, think about the best boss you ever worked for just at any point in your career. And, um, you know, then I'll just ask people, you know, I'll kind of watch the room and watch people thinking about this best boss. And I purposely just leave that as a broad, open question. Just think about the best boss you ever had. And what was it about that individual that made you think about? What were the behaviors? What were the actions? And then, therefore, what was the impact on you as a result of those behaviors and actions? And I've probably asked that question to a thousand groups at this point and thousands of people at this point. And the list is always the same. No matter who I ask, what level of the organization, what industry they're in, how old they are, it's always the same thing. What I hear, and they all had different bosses, by the way. So what I keep hearing is, oh, my best boss uh, cared about me as a whole human being with a life outside of work. They, this boss empowered me. They treated me with respect. They supported me. They believed in me maybe at a time when I didn't believe in myself. They involved me. They cared about me. They challenged me. Um, and the impact was I would have thrown myself in front of a bus for that leader. Like I would have done wow. anything. And they looked at it like, well, I want to be that type of leader. I want to emulate that type. He's a, he or she was a role model for me. I want to be that type of leader. And what I never hear is they were a great strategic thinker, they knew how to run a PL, they were great at business acumen. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I challenge the audience with that, I'll say, okay, that's great. So I don't hear anybody saying about this person was good at PL management or knew how to run a budget. Or, and, and, and yet, my guess would be that those leaders might have been even pretty good at that. Is that true? And everybody goes, well, yeah. And I said, but why didn't you say that? Yeah. I purposely asked this broad open question, tell me about your best boss, and none of that stuff hit the list. Well, why is that? (laughs) Well, it's all the people side. They remember how they felt with that particular leader. And that's why I say that's the gateway in. You can get everything accomplished you want to get accomplished, but you're going to get it in a much better way when those employees are motivated to do their best for you. That actually leads into this next segue. How can a leader that is typically results-driven hone into these characteristics and qualities to be able to, 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 to have that response from their employees? Because I'm pretty sure every leader would love to have that, right? And it's sure. sometimes a skill set that, 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 that they lack due to self-awareness or, or, or they probably don't know that they could be doing something better. What's something that you perhaps were doing earlier on before you mastered uh, emotional intelligence? What's something that, what's a common practice that can improve that 
characteristic within leaders to help them lead more effectively and, 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 and more efficiently? Well, thank you for asking that because the skills that we're teaching people, we put it in our, our newest book, which just came out in May called Meaningful Alignment. And it's also in all our workshops. And we do teach people what we call emotional management techniques, like how do you dialogue with someone else so that that person has those personal needs met? They feel that you genuinely care about them and that you're listening to them and, and uh, all of that. And so we really introduce four things. One is we say we really need to maintain or enhance, if possible, someone's self-regard, their self-esteem and their, and their what we call positive self-regard, how they view themselves. So the more that you can say things like, Thank you so much for you know, taking care of that project. You did a really excellent job on that. Now, I'm not saying being inauthentic and don't lie. I am saying when you look for the things that someone has done really, really well, and you take the time to point that out, that goes a long way because we sometimes feel like, oh, I only hear from my boss when I've done something wrong. Yeah, so if we're, if we're taking our time to acknowledge those kinds of things, that's, that's one thing. The second is what we call empathetic responding. And you're going to love that because it's all about empathy. (laughs) (laughs) It is about, you know, showing you don't have to agree with a person to empathize with a person. And I find a lot of new, especially young leaders get that mixed up. They feel like, well, I don't agree that Johnny was late three times this week. Well, you don't have to agree that Johnny was late three times this week. However, you can say, hey, it looks like you're really struggling. I can appreciate that this is very difficult for you to get to work. And then move into the next one, which we call listening actively and mindfully. So this is really holding, being fully present with an individual, what I like to call hold the space for heart-centered listening and non-judgmental listening. Mm -hmm. Truly reflecting back what you hear without agreeing or disagreeing or offering your own commentary, but truly saying, this feels difficult for you. Yeah. Did I get that? Am I hearing you correctly? Um, and so that's another one. And then the fourth one we teach is inviting that person's participation. I don't mean to cut this conversation, but I'd love to get you involved. Text our Q&A phone number now at plus one six four seven three seven zero two six six three. That's plus one six four seven three seven zero two six six three. Me and Susan Steinbrecher will be directly answering all your questions on the text messaging platform. Now, let's hop back into it because I know Susan had some great content to share. What ideas do you have? You always have such great ideas. I really want to get your involvement in this. What do you think we should do? Those four things have a way. Those are skills that have to be practiced and developed and, and taught because we don't typically naturally come from that. Mm. But if we, if we use those kinds of skills, you're going to create the environment we're talking about. And especially I, 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 when, when you were talking about the emotional management uh, techniques, one thing that came to my mind is, um, you know, sometimes, especially for young leaders out there managing high-performing teams, um, it's so hard to, to navigate tough conversations yes. um, within the organization, within the, I don't know, you know, for profit, within the collective. How, mm-hmm. can, how can we tackle that? Because I think that that requires a little bit of a, a higher acumen or sense of emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. 
would you like to comment or, or add to that? Yeah, happy to. So the four emotional management techniques that I brought up a moment ago, which is that maintaining or enhancing positive self-regard, empathetic responding, listening actively and mindfully and inviting participation is part of the skill. Mm. But the other thing we need is sort of the roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> we actually call this a map, meaningful alignment process or map. It's a six-step process that allows someone to start the conversation while using those four emotional management techniques all along the way where it makes sense, um, all the way to the end of the conversation. But a lot of people don't even know how to start a conversation like that, and they don't feel very equipped or very skillful at it. Of course. They honestly... You, they lack the I, confidence and confidence to do it. I, I can I can attend to, I can attend to <laughs> that for sure. Uh, it's, it's definitely one of our hardest challenges as, as youth, and starting and getting into even entry level jobs. We have to manage and have tough. Just asking for a raise or asking for things that right. uh, that, that, that 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 sometimes are a little bit sensitive. And I mm-hmm. sorry to me sorry to cut you off there, but uh, go for it. No, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I, I th- you're not alone, <laughs> that is for sure, which is why we put this process and tool set together because people are typically avoidant of anything that feels scary or, oh my gosh, what if this person, what if I don't do this right? Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned in the very beginning of the program, people often lack the confidence, competence, and comfort to even tackle conversations like this. And yet, how do we get our needs met and how do we make sure we start gaining alignment with another individual while preserving, if not even enhancing the relationship while you're doing it? That's also critical because every interaction you have with someone, there's a history. So the next time you go into the conversation, they're going to remember the previous conversation. Did that go well? Did that not go well? Mm. And so then we think we're walking into the next conversation with just that topic at hand. Well, no, you're really walking into that next conversation with the history of all the previous conversations. So this is why we want to get this right. Mm. Well, but the first step is we talk about, we say, introduce the reason for the discussion. And as simple and common sense as that feels, people forget that, you know, they go from meetings to meetings to meetings, and we assume they're crystal clear what they're here to talk to you about, but the truth is they're probably not. So in the very beginning, we want to make sure we use those four emotional management techniques along our roadmap process, if you will. And we say things where we open with gratitude. We say, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to meet with me today. The reason I wanted to talk with you today is I realized in our last meeting, you and I were not aligned on how to handle handle that project. My goal is for us to get to alignment today. Mm. Would you be willing to work with me on that? Because I'd really want us to work effectively together. It's important to me. So that's kind of like the first step. Well, the second one's about identifying whatever this potential opportunity is, or if it's a problem or an issue or whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be a negative conversation, but it's basically saying, well, what do you understand this particular opportunity or issue or problem to be? And notice that I'm suggesting that we're asking the person we're in dialogue with their viewpoint first. Mm. More times than not, we have a tendency to hijack this whole conversation and say, well, here's the problem. Here's what I think it is. Here's what you need to do about it. And of course, none of that works because the person immediately gets defensive. Mm. So instead, it's what do you think is a particular problem or issue? Thank you for that. Here's what I think it is. And then the third step is to sh- discuss the impact of this. If you and I don't gain alignment on how to handle that project, what do you think is the impact of that? Mm. And then as you're hearing that, you're going, okay, I think they've got part of that right. I also think it's 
some other things and you might offer that then. And then our fourth is just a brainstorm solution. So let's brainstorm some options here. And as you're brainstorming and brainstorming, you got to start to capture what the two of you have agreed on. And this is where things fall apart because there was discussion. Unfortunately, we begin to assume that we have actually communicated. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why step five is so critical. Step five is to summarize everything that the two of you have actually agreed to do. So you're going to talk to Johnny by X date that I get that. I'm supposed to talk to so-and-so by X date. Is that correct? What have I missed? And when you ask questions like that, then the person goes, oh, okay, yeah, well, wait a minute. I thought I was talking to Johnny. I thought you were talking to Johnny. Whatever it is, this is the opportunity to be certain before you end this conversation that you truly are aligned. Mm. Don't just assume you're aligned because you discuss things. You need to be sure you're aligned. Mm. And then the final step is to conclude and follow up and acknowledge that alignment has actually happened and say, thanks. Hey, listen. Thank you for all your great ideas today. I so appreciate your collaboration. Again, positive self-regard, positive self-regard. Keep some emotion neutralized from that person. Keep some kind of in the game with you. And then you set up a follow-up date. And we do that for accountability purposes. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is such a meaty discussion that I, I do believe our listeners will, 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 will take with a, with, with a high regard. Because I, again, uh, we're not taught emotional intelligence at school. Right. We, I mean, I do have a business degree, but um, I just essentially wish that in the future, this can be put into you know, our, our programs. Because I do believe that um, leadership and is, is, is highly now all about emotional intelligence. Yeah understanding one it truly is everyone knows how to put a pa like that's something that you do that in first year but right what, what we can't really get to harness uh, are the soft skills and and, and 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 the soft skills aren't really so soft when you come to think of them mm-hmm. they're very important they require a little bit of thought uh they're very common uh, to, to to master i mean they're common sense but not co- common sense isn't quite common as they say yeah it's not so easy to do even though it's simple to understand conceptually and logically but doing it is a whole different story yeah because i mean on step five summarizing what we've agreed to do that's a very common step but that's the meeting of the minds and 80 percent of us forget to do that and therefore yeah. we we run Just into obstacles and conflicts and then there's the conflict resolution you know yes. let's not go there but like <laughs> Even if it's even if we're in an organization that cares about you know um, giving back, these principles I believe are, are essential for for impactful leadership. And full stop. So again, I just want to take a moment and say thank you because I do believe this framework is highly, highly, highly impactful for for us, uh, the young folks that are listening that are building communities. Uh, for great purposes. And um, that, that actually brings me to the next question. How, how you, you did mention mentorship at the, at, at the start of our conversation. How important uh, do you see the power of mentorship uh, in, in, in any leader's life? And, and, and how can someone go on about searching for the right coaches or the right mentorships early on um, in their careers or early on in their, in their stages of their lives? whether it's for professional or business purpose, uh, personal, sorry, or business purpose. Yeah, no, I think mentorship is absolutely critical. And always, I think sometimes we, we are afraid to ask, but honestly, when someone gets asked, like if you go to an individual and say, I'm really trying to build skill in this particular area and I've watched you and you are a master 
at this. <laughs> I mean, think about it. What are you doing? Positive self-regard <laughs> to this individual. And people are, their ego wants to help you. I mean, they're going to say, well, thank you so much. And say, listen, I really want to learn from you. And would you be willing to be a mentor for me? And of course, you need to be reasonable with that. You can't expect the person, you know, to meet with you every day or even every week. I mean, I think sometimes even something as simple as, would you be willing to go to lunch with me once a month? And, and always, and this is really important because we don't, it always needs to be a two-way street. 100%. So when we go to that individual to say, hey, listen, I, I see how you're really gifted in interpersonal skills and I want to get better at that. I, I realize how important that is and that's an area, a skill I'm trying to develop. Would you be willing to help me with that? And then in exchange, what, would, what can I support you with? What can mm-hmm. I do to help you? And what I have found from those that have mentored others, they, the mentors say they get just as much out of this, if not more, than the mentee. Mm. So they both get a lot out of it. So for example, if I had a person who was um, someone of youth that's just starting to your point, just starting to build a career, and they approach me with something like that, well, I would want to understand much more about their day-to-day dynamics, what challenges do they have every day, because we have a whole workforce of youth that we're trying to align and motivate and inspire to, to do their best work and to build successful careers. Mm-hmm. So I just think having one's important and look for those individuals that you feel like are really gifted in an area that you feel you really need some development and growth in. Mm-hmm. Approach them with a reasonable request and then always ask, what can I do to support you? Because I want this to be an even exchange. Have you ever been asked uh, what have what have been the good examples of people approaching you, and what what would you actually also um, like to <laughs> advise our listeners to avoid doing? Because sometimes we don't know any better. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because yes, people have approached me, and I don't think I've ever said no. Honestly. Um, even with a crazy busy schedule, I feel like if somebody wants to build a skill, that's a big part of who I am. And that's my purpose in life is to help people develop both personally and professionally, be the best people they can be. That's my mantra. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's going to ask, I'm probably going to say yes. Now, what will not be okay with me is if we set up meetings and they no show or they cancel several of them, then I'm going to get a sense they're not really serious about it. So following through, showing up, if I give an assignment, do the work, um, you know, those kinds of things. That's the thing I would say, be sure to do to support the relationship and what not to do is things like, you know, no shows and cancellations. Keep in mind, this person is probably really arranging their whole schedule to make this possible. Mm-hmm. For that mentee, so the last thing you can you want to do really is is not have be as committed on your end. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you know Tanvir, right? And uh, <laughs> he was. Uh, it, it's very, very, very uh, coincidental. But after our after our episode, I I actually asked him. You know, it's out of the blue. I was asking him, "Good, uh, would you like to be my mentor? I I, I admire how you've uh, how you write about leadership, and uh, he's someone I've been following for for quite a while. And I think that um, I just I wanted to put the, the that skill set out there because sometimes it. it for some reason, even I was shaking to bits when I was asking. Yeah, it scary. intimidates us, right? Because we don't know. We're so afraid 
<laughs> being told no and we don't want to be discouraged and, right. and all these things. And, but, but I genuinely feel like what, how, how you frame that is very important. I, 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 I am religiously committed when it comes to other people's time, especially when people have expert knowledge. I, I feel that um, their time is, is, is way more valuable than any dollar sum you can put because uh, time is the only thing you can't get back. Right. Um, so um, yeah, that's something I really wanted to put out there for our listeners because I often am asked, uh, Ali, you have a mentor for every aspect of your life. And I simply don't really have the answers to perhaps navigate them, how you can, because to me, it comes uh, sort of by nature, by coincidence, but for someone like you, who's a little bit more experienced in the field, um, I really like your take on how not to approach mentors mm-hmm. because uh, it can sometimes be a little bit daunting. So that's, that, that was fabulous from, 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 from that standpoint. Um, but now let's, let's hop into empathy. So that's the theme of the show, empathy. And by the way, I, I, I just want to like acknowledge that um, I did buy Meaningful Alignment uh, prior to reading, uh, prior to this episode. And I just, I, I really wanted to thank uh, Susan because this, it, it's been one of my, uh, one of my uh, highlights of, of this month. Uh, oh, I, I, read, I read quite a lot. And uh, 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 one thing that's very special about, about this book is that uh, it's not your typical book where it sort of dives into this is how you do it this is it's actually a story for for the majority and uh, i don't want to sort of uh, give too much about it but uh, mm-hmm. this is this i really enjoyed it and i highly recommend it on on a personal level thank but you now diving into the empathy part of the show um we typically talk about empathy with with, with each of our guests and uh, our question to you today um would be you know uh, as as one of, as as a world we're now an expert in leadership. What is your take on empathy in our global landscape as leaders? And how important do you think EQ is for our upcoming uh, uh, leaders of tomorrow's generation? And what needs, what do you, tip, what, what is the missing link? If, if you, if, if you could take a sort of a holistic look on, on what's happening right now, what, what would be the missing link between EQ and uh, in leaders nowadays? Yeah, so first of all, emotional intelligence is really, really critical. And I think the truth is, when you get to a certain level in any organization, it's just going to be assume that you have IQ. <laughs> in other words, there's a certain amount of intelligence you must have, or you wouldn't even make it to any type of a leadership position, especially a very senior level leadership position. So that's kind of a given that you're going to have a certain amount of smarts. <laughs> the difference that begins to make the difference for those that we begin to see create even higher levels of success than those that end up what we call derailing in their career. Mm-hmm. They kind of, they hit a wall. They might've been very successful to a certain point, And then now they're just, they're not able to break through. The difference between those two groups is usually the emotional intelligence side. Mm-hmm. And it is something that can be built and developed, not always easy to do, but can be. Empathy is one aspect of emotional intelligence. It's not everything. It's one piece of it. Um, for example, we also measure when we do emotional intelligence assessment, we also measure the person's emotional composure and self-management skill. We also measure their ability to facilitate the emotion of another individual. Are they able to inspire? Are they able to help somebody shift whatever emotion they're in to a more um, positive serving space or state? 
Mm. Um, are they able, are they aware of their impact? In my book, Heart Center Leadership, one of the principles was called Know Your Impact because leaders are like goldfish swimming around in a fishbowl and people are just looking through the glass <laughs> and they're just running around minding their own business and yeah. they forget that, oh my gosh, people are watching everything I say and do or everything I'm not doing or not saying and they're making decisions about you as a leader. So it's a tough mm-hmm. job. I mean, we're human and we have bad days, but that's expected of us. Mm-hmm. So those are really, really important. And the, the best way, again, is through practice. We have to actually, most of us did not come up in homes where we really learned great communication skills or great oh. listening skills. <laughs> no. So it's <laughs> no. one of those things that it takes a lot of practice and yeah. just practice reflectively listening, practice empathetic responding, practice actively, mindfully just saying, here's what I'm hearing you say, did I get that? No judgment, no decision, no saying I agree or disagree, but purely reflecting back, not just what they've said, but sort of the emotion underneath what they've said. Being able to, to talk to both of those pieces are pretty important. Yeah. Then the person feels heard and then the rest kind of happens. But uh, yeah. You know what's kind of funny is that this is actually really good relationship advice. <laughs> oh, it's a huge relationship advice. Are you kidding? I'm serious. Yes. I'm serious. Like, 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 I'm really serious. As you're talking to me and you're, you're saying, very critical. I'm just like, hmm, the date. <laughs> yeah, I was say, think about your personal relationships right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, so, so guess what? Here's a hint: if you have somebody that keeps saying to you, "You don't listen to me." <laughs> they don't feel listened to. Let me just offer that. I have no idea what your personal situation is, but if I could just offer to everybody out there listening, if someone keeps saying to them, you're not listening to me, they're somehow not feeling listened to. Yeah. I mean, this is, right? this, is, this is super. I mean, the motto of the show is in life and in business, empathy always wins. And Absolutely right. Each part of that is uh, is listening. And, and it doesn't even need to be listening for, for your own sake, I think what truly and, 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 and wrapping uh, a lot of contextual um, references you've made is listening to the person's sort of uh, picture of the world, of their world, yes. to be able to get a better understanding of, I think you can make a lot of cues through the, 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 the language the person in front of you is, is using. Oh, and gosh, yes. many things that truly paint the person in front of you before mm-hmm. you even get the chance to. and and. I always, um, I'm a big fan of, uh, I think there's a book I'm also reading by Chris Voss. It's, it's never split the difference. Mm. I, I, I believe so. And a big part of, uh, of, 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 uh, of main, maintaining alignment is being able to maintain report. Yes. And, re- and, and that is key when we come to think of all those principles you've been talking about in, with meaningful alignment. It's, it's how do I maintain the utmost highest degree of, 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 of alignment from a report standpoint or from an empathetic listening standpoint Mm -hmm. to be able to become and and meet the person where they are at. And that's a very selfless, selfless way of looking um, at other people. Yet it's a very influential way of, uh, Mm -hmm. of communicating. So I just want to say thank you because I felt that you really hit that nail uh, right on the head. Um, And and I just want to open the floor for you. If you have any more questions, any, anything we haven't asked you, because we're going to head into the fireball segment, which is sort of the entertaining segment of the show, uh, breaking (laughs) you personally. Well, not not so much a little bit down, but uh, if you'd like to say anything to our uh, listeners that I haven't personally asked you, please feel free right now. 
Oh, no, I, f- I feel like I've, I've shared a lot. And I feel like if people just practice some of the things that I've talked about, they would see all relationships in their life, both personally and professionally, really change. And so I just invite people to just embrace the concepts. And um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be also putting um, Susan's uh, or contact information down in the show links below. But before we do that, because we haven't yet ended our show today, okay. we're going to hop into the fireball segment. So what I okay. typically is I typically, give me one second. I sure. Put a minute timer and I'll be throwing questions uh, right uh, at your way. And then, okay, and then, go right ahead. It's a very entertaining segment of the show. So without further ado, I will be hopping right into it. Are you ready? Yes. All right, cool. What is your biggest fear, Susan? The biggest fear? Yes. Um, probably not making the difference that I intend to make. What is your favorite genre of music? Oh, gosh. I like all kinds. Everything from New Age to even some rap, depending. I'm not so much a country and Western music fan, although there's some of it I can I can handle. Um, gosh, all different kinds. It's hard to favorite say. Favorite motivational just, speaker? <laughs> motivational speaker hi <laughs> we have 25 more seconds okay um i would probably i like tim sanders um oh gosh i have to think about that for a moment because there's some, renee brown is one of my absolute favorite I mean, you're talking about empathy <laughs> the queen of empathy and vulnerability favorite. and shame and all of that favorite book Two more questions. Oh, mine. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, there's just, there, again, there's so many. Right now, I just tell you what I'm reading right now, which has been totally different because sometimes I read so much business. I want to do something totally entertainment and nothing like that. I'm, I'm totally reading um, Elton John's latest biography. That's been really fun. I totally agree. Yeah, we are out of time, but I wanted okay. to ask you one more question. Sure. And who is your biggest role model? Oh, Probably Brene Brown again. I I really love um, her authenticity and her embracing the vulnerability and the message that she's actually teaching, even though it scares the heck out of her. I she's really a role model to me. Yeah, I, I, I'll do my best to get her on the show. I, she's yeah, that would my, be amazing. <laughs> one of my personal personal heroes. My mom always. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before on the show as well. My mom always. Uh, would tell me Ali uh, after reading her book of course Ali always have a strong back but lead with a soft front oh I love that and that is from 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 Benet and I think that that's been my mantra in life because uh, I think the, a big thing with leaders especially when you're very empathetic and very approachable how do you maintain boundaries right how do you set right. that boundary because I think that especially that that intimidates um, a lot of well, my guy friends at least a lot of men out there when sure. they they're like Ali how do you how are you so open but where do you draw the line and, right. and that that's when I come up to them and, and, and sort of we open that discussion of boundaries and it's it's such a hard thing to, to, to and it's always a work in progress like mm-hmm. I still struggle sometimes because you know as a mental health ambassador sometimes I get you know messages that I'm not equipped to answer or handle right. and right. it's a, it's it's an emotional sort of um, uphill battle but it, you just get better at it every day and I think that that's something Brene often uh, touches on very 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 much so and 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 especially with uh, you know uh, 
the, the, the characteristics that we've spoken about here on the show today, I think as leaders, uh, emotionally intelligent leaders, that's something that you build over time. And I, I'd love to hear your thought on that. No, I agree with you. It is, it's not an easy thing sometimes, but it really is about taking care of self and being able to say, hey, uh, you may want me to do this and I can appreciate that, showing empathy to the individual. Mm. I'm being honest when I say that that's not something I really can do. I know you want me to do that, but that's not something I can do. So that's an example of how would you dialogue on putting a boundary or something. I love that. So you're showing empathy to the individual for what they would want from you, but you're also putting the boundary up. That's not something I'm really prepared to do or feel comfortable doing. Mm. So that's the nicest way to put a boundary down when it's something someone, you're being asked or requested to say or do something that you know, you're just not comfortable doing. Yeah. You can still show empathy to the individual's request. Mm. And at the same time, say no. I think that's a very good takeaway example um, mm. that, that we can use. Um, okay, so we have two more sections for the, okay. for the show segment. This is going to be the reflection segment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll be asking you a question. And that is, if you could go back in time, what's one thing you, could, you would tell your 15-year-old self? Mm. Gosh. Um... To believe in yourself, to know that you actually do have skills and that you have a contribution to others. And um, I've always had a hard work sort of ethic in my family. I grew up with that and hard work really does pay off. So I would say keeping at it, but really recognize the value that you bring and the contribution you really make. Mm. Is there that you matter. Is there something that uh, was a turning point in your life that 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 sort of brought that right um, dead center clear in front of your eyes? Oh gosh, yes. Especially when I shared earlier that I was the you know twenty five year old general manager of a hotel, and I really elevated very quickly in my career. And I get to this role, and I realize, oh my gosh, I am way over my head. Mm-hmm. And I began to lose a lot of confidence in myself. I was thinking, okay, I've kind of hit to the point where this is as high as I'm ever going to go. I second guessed things that I said or did. I really didn't know how to do certain things. And I was getting a lot of pressure from my bosses with, you know, just, well, you better figure it out. So they weren't really very helpful, to be honest. So what I did, though, is I went to people. I I asked to speak to folks and asked them to mentor me. I went to other general managers, my peers that were really successful, and said, how did you make this transition? Because I was a very successful assistant general manager, and I really struggled that first year once I got promoted, it was so much bigger, more responsibility than I really understood. And um, it was interesting, it was my husband at the time that gave me a very valuable lesson. And he said to me, he said, "Um, do you know that you're doing everything that you can do? And I would say, yes. I mean, I can't work any harder, (laughs) you know, at this. And he said, so what's the worst thing that can happen? And I said, well, the worst thing that happens, I get fired, you know? And he's like, okay, so let's say, let's go with that. Worst thing has happened, you get fired. How long do you think it'll be before you land the next big job? And I thought, well, okay, you got a point. Because <laughs> I knew I would, right? Yeah. Um, I had enough confidence to know that. But what if, so after a while, I shifted 
sort of because I was becoming very fearful of making mistakes. And then I started realizing, okay, wait a minute, I can't work any harder. I'm doing everything I know how to do. And you know what, if that's not going to be enough, then fire me, then, then, then I'll learn from that. But right now I've got to just, I've got to get more relaxed with what I'm doing because the anxiousness and the stress and the anxiety was not helping or anyone around me for that matter. And the minute I kind of let go, which is another principle in heart center leadership is called letting go. So the minute I let go and said, you know what, I'm going to do the best I know how here. And if that's not enough, oh, well, yeah. period. And from that point on, everything changed. And when I went to colleagues and asked for help, I got it. When I, I relaxed through everything, let go of high expectation and just said, listen, you're just going to do the best you know how to do. And honestly, if that's not enough, then it's, then it's just not enough. You'll take the consequences when they come. Mm-hmm. And it all worked out. And in fact, so much so, I was promoted three years later and asked to train general managers for the company. Uh, <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> I think this is very relatable to a lot of us young folks and young change makers out there. Um, typically, when we're, you know, when we're very motivated and we're very purpose driven, we want to affect the world in a very positive way. And oftentimes we get boggled down by things and, you know, self-doubt, as you explained, is, it, it's, it's so common in us all. And I sure. truly think that, you know, this example is, 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 a, is a primary example of how to, you know, I think the questions that you've mentioned, asking, am I doing my best? Is there anything more that I can do? And is, what's the worst that can happen? I think those are three golden questions that can really elevate someone's spirit, feeling very mm-hmm. anxious. So again, thank you so much, Susan, for that. Um, you're welcome. On to our last segment. This is the okay. legacy segment. Um, in a hundred years' time, um, what would be the title of uh, your book, which would ideally entail to be the legacy book of, of Susan Steinbrusher? Yeah, just um, that I I made um, an impact on the world, and I helped people. And really the society be a kinder, more gentle, <laughs> mm. um, engaging place for people. Because that's, that's, really, that's really the mission is we can get things done, we can accomplish great things, but how we treat one another and how we support one another really, really matters. Mm. Really matters. Would you title that under one specific title? Oh, gosh. Um, I know yeah, because at first I would say I'd want, I, my focus has always been working with leaders, right, mm-hmm. in a business, because I feel like if I can get to the top leader, especially if there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of people reporting to that individual, there's going to be a domino effect, <laughs> which yeah. is part of the reason I shoot for the high up, if you will. Um, but just that. day-to-day interactions at a home matter just as much as the day-to-day interactions in a workplace, and I want people to be respected and feel valued and cared for and listened to and empowered. And those are the things that I really wish for everybody, no matter. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Maybe, maybe a title could be, uh, all right, we'll, we'll think of a title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right now, but it's around that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all right. I, I, a lot of uh, some, some of the guests we bring over, this is a very t- difficult question. Because uh, uh, sometimes I go a notch further and ask, who would uh, write your forward of that book? Oh my gosh! 
And uh, who knows? In a hundred years, I'll, I won't be alive. But <laughs> no, hey, hey, we're, we're, we we like to stay optimistic. <laughs> you never know what the that would be crazy. Comes. But hey, you never know. You never know what the medical fields comes up. This with, is like, true. This with, is with, true. With, with what's happening nowadays, with like, oh, let's just not go over there. No, we'll go off track for like yeah. more minutes. But again, I just want to say, Susan, thank you so much. This oh, was you're welcome. Such a fruitful conversation. I am pretty sure that. As youth, we have uh, learned a lot. I personally took notes nonstop. That's why my head was like down half <laughs> uh, halfway through our chat. And uh, genuinely, 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 on behalf of uh, all the uh, youth uh, community, well, in the Middle East and, and here in Canada, and hopefully around the world, uh, for for all our listeners, I genuinely want to say thank you, and we hope to see you very, very, very soon when we take this a notch up and make a live event. So, oh, that would be amazing! I would love to participate in that. And thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You're putting out amazingly important work in the world, and especially, I love your focus on the youth. I think that's really a group that needs help, especially in the understanding the empathy part. So, thank you for doing the work you're doing. Thank you so much, Susan, for such an incredible episode. Um, On behalf of the Middle East, Canada, and all the youth around the world, the incredible impact of gaining meaningful alignment has been really polished by our conversation, and I can't wait to hear what our audience have to say. Please feel free to text us at plus one six four seven three seven zero two six six three. That is plus one six four seven three seven zero two six six three. And myself and Susan will be directly answering all your questions with regards to any inquiries that you may have from the content. Now, without further ado, we're also launching the weekly Changemakers Leadership Guide, which includes all our content from Empathy Always Wins, including a sneak peek into next week's episode. So don't miss out. We are incredibly excited. And by the way, we also want to hear from you. So follow us on Instagram at Empathy Always Wins. Don't forget us and see you next week when we air our new episode at noon every Saturday at Eastern Central Time.